Reno. Happy New Year, motherfucker. How's it going? 2021 coming up hot for the world's best podcast. Yep. Yep. This is going to be the biggest year. Dude, you know what? You know what people say and that they always say? And this happened last, literally last year, too. It's like, oh, man. Dude, 2019, it really didn't work out for me. Dude, that was such a shit year. But, oh, dude, 2020 is where it's at. And I just, I feel like everybody's going to say that about this year. And it's just going to, it's going to be the same kind of year that they always, like, if you look at any year, there are like two or three bad things that happen. It's like, just don't focus on those. Like, I feel like people say that all the time. Let's, 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 uh, I'll take you, let's, let's, uh, let's go through our W's real quick, actually. Let's go through the W's of 2020. Ooh, I like that. All right. I'll tell you one, mine, well, I finished college. I got my bachelor's degree. Hell yeah. Those that's are great. My, that's my biggest one. Actually, I'll just, I mean, actually, that that alone is the biggest one. There's other W's, but that alone, 2020, unbelievable year. One of the best yeah. years of my entire life because of that one moment alone. Does mm. not matter what happened for the rest of the year. Yep. That's a, that's a big one. All right. Um, w, w for me is. What's your one biggest W? My biggest W. Or milestone that you hit. Here is I'm sh- the first one that comes to mind is that um, I hit my five year income goal uh, two and a half years early. It was so I base I achieved the income I literally thought I would not make till I was forty. So Marino? yeah, that's a that was the best feeling. Huge accomplishment. That was a win, Boom, baby. Boom, good. Boom. Boom. All right, 2020, good year. 2021, about to be better. About to be better, baby. I'm pretty excited here. I'm, here's what I'm excited for is these uh, – we started for the vaccines, and here's, and here's exactly why. So it's the COVID deal, really important, and I want – and we'll get, the, we'll get the vaccines, and everybody will be healthy, and I'll be great. Also, I cannot wait to just be on a calm – on the same level of calmness with everybody else. Like, I feel like everyone's just going to rat. They'll go, oh, the, vac- the vaccine's out. People vaccinated. No longer need to worry about anything. I also, here's the other thing, and I think you'll appreciate this. If I'm going to evaluate how good a year is, I'm going to do it based on what I did considering the conditions of the world. And so if, mm-hmm. what, how, if I excelled in the conditions of the world, we're sitting, like compared to the conditions of the world, that's an outstanding year because the conditions in the, of the world are entirely outside of my control. Right. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. only want to evaluate how I performed in the year based on like ba- based on the conditions I was given, because that's all yeah. I can control. And this right. year, guess what? On January three right now, compared to January three of last year, I am in such a better position in my life. It's not even funny. Just miles ahead. Like it's just it's mm-hmm. so far. I have so many more options, so much more freedom. And we're ready to hit a big. Where were you at January 3rd last year? I was starting my final term of college. I was living in Portland, commuting down to Corvallis three days a week, and uh, had no money, uh, had just a broken-ass car, had, I mean, just, I mean, like, there were a lot of good things going on. Actually, like, my day-to-day, I enjoyed thoroughly, but just, like, of these, like, definite things that are in your reality like do i have a college degree well that's true now like do i have money yes Mm -hmm. am i like worried about being broke no can i like like do i have freedom to go where i want because i have a good degree 
Yes, I do. It's like, it's mm-hmm. just like a lot more choices this year than I do last year. Mm-hmm. I, dude. Uh, well, uh, per, dude, personally, this has been a really good year. Although, see, here's here's how I feel. Sometimes I feel weird. I'm like, dude, I thought 2020 was great. Like overall, I was like, yeah, we had the, like the COVID, COVID happened, that shut things down, and but then I, I learned to, I don't know, I was like, well, I'll just adapt to this. I'll just find whatever's fun to do, and I'll grow within my capacity of COVID, and I'm just not gonna wait for it to just like pass or something. So I'm just gonna have a good year despite this thing. But then sometimes I feel like if I even mention the idea that I have a positive attitude during COVID, I feel like people get kind of angry. Oh, like, fuck those people. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's like, like our friends sometimes. And I'm just like, it's a really hard thing to rationalize where I'm just, it's, or it's like, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people that accuse me of like, Oh, well you only think 2020 is a good year because because you're so flippant about it. It's like, well, I know I'm just not going to be depressed about it. Yeah. <laughs> just... What do you mean? Like, I'm, like, I, okay, okay. Let's put it this way. You and I just got back from Dallas, which we're going to talk about further. Mm. I am, I'm moved back up. I'm, I'm staying with my, uh, I'm staying with my pregnant aunt and my uncle for a few weeks. Um, and so our podcast listeners know I have not brought this up, but I will, I do want to bring this up on this episode too. I did lose my job and I'm, kind of thankful actually because we're we got big things coming up next for me so i'm gonna stay mm-hmm. with my aunt and uncle for the next four weeks while i decide pretty much where in the country i want to live mm-hmm. just the whole world is my oyster i can go anywhere it's an amazing feeling but anyway that was beside my original point the original point was i'm in dallas and i thought all right so i was in dallas but i got my you know pregnant aunt and my uncle here and we're living mm-hmm. in the same home and it's like i need to make sure because i definitely had exposure to covid this is mm-hmm. a person i do want to get covid so, you know, what do I do? We just set clear boundaries so I can live the life I want and the people I'm living with can, like, make sure that they're not at additional risk because of me. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, I just have the section of my house spaced off. We've, we established a way for me to get food and we established a way for me to, like, make sure I'm not just, like, sitting trapped in my room with nothing to do, right? Solve those mm-hmm. problems, boom, bada bing, they get their thing, I get my thing, everybody wins. Done. And it's just, boom. like, like certain people are more at risk than others and I'm not really that at risk, but I'm going to do everything I can to make sure I don't put other people at risk. And it's not right. that difficult to do. Right. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel that difficult to do. I know. I know. I specifically, I know some people are <laughs> listening to this are going to be mad at me, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about Dallas. Let's talk about Dallas. So we went up there for new year's. Okay. So, uh, me, so me and to our listeners, me and Jack have already kind of talked about this, but I want to like tune so you guys in what we Dallas. did. It was great. We got to tell them about Dallas. So we went, um, so originally we were going to a New Year's Eve party in Austin, Texas, which is where I live. And, um, but what happened, it got canceled. Wait, wait Austin. Now, hold on. Let me get this setting because we, we got to get in the whole setting of who's there. All right. What's going on. So we go to Dallas, planned New Year's party, five of us there, friends we've known for a long time. And. We're from all over the country, flying in, meeting in Dallas, there for three days. All right, boom, go Reno. Yeah, so we were we were going to do Austin. It got canceled, went to Dallas. And then, yeah, we had all of our friends. We're getting together. Um, so we got canceled. We come up here. Turns out, so we're planning to go to Dallas. Turns out, as we do that, our tickets get upgraded by the organization. Then the Rose Bowl <laughs> moves up to Arlington, uh, which is right by Dallas. It's almost the same thing. So we're like, okay, 
so that's way bonus upgrade. <laughs> so, so then we go to, so we add the Rose bowl to it. And, um, and that was on January one. So uh, long story short here, we basically went out for, for new year's Eve and I had a lot of people really tell me that Dallas was awful in every way. And I was going to hate every moment of it. And, uh, it was pretty good. I liked it. It was, I mean, it was just a, it was a big city, but everyone up there was exceedingly friendly. Like they're all really yeah, nice. That's they want to solve our problems. Dude. Okay. Here's where we got to start. We got to start at the first part of the story, which is us getting our Airbnb. Oh my God. That was a nightmare. Reno, I've told this story to like four people and okay. it's kinda, I want, I want to hear your version of the story. Okay. Here's my version. So Jack had booked Airbnb first mistake. I can't let Jack book the Airbnbs. Now, hey, now I know that. Hey, no, <laughs> this ain't on me. I mean, there are parts of it on me, but the booking was a good call. I just shouldn't have brought all of you guys along when I checked in. <laughs> because <laughs> real, my problem real, became everybody's problem re- realistically we should have sniffed out that we can't that we can't find that good of a deal in the heart of downtown dallas you're gonna be true it probably is so we get there and we're like let's go find this thing let's go find this let's go log let's log get into this airbnb it's a self-check-in so okay sounds good so we're going through the app and we're trying to figure out how to get there. Um, and there's all these steps. There's this weird part is they wanted all pictures of our IDs. So we're sitting there in this car getting stoned out of our mind. And <laughs> only got, getting we stoned our... because we're thinking this is not going to be complicated. Exactly. We're, right? thought it was so like, be we're thinking this is going to be a really simple thing. So I'll just get stoned, get the keys going. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Done. That literally we know that was the beginning of like a two hour adventure. <laughs> Where we had th- our three buddies in the back, literally just just fucking telling jokes, being loud, and me and Jack are just taking pictures of our faces and our passports and IDs. And I'm like, do we need to have our faces in this picture? And I took five pictures of my face and my license, and I was literally like, there's no way it is this hard. There's no way it's this hard to get to the Airbnb. We find out when we call these people that there's a company that runs these Airbnbs. Like there was hold music for someone's apartment. Like the Airbnb was someone's apartment and there was hold music. They say we need to go get keys. So as we're going to get keys, where the keys are, are like a half mile from where the Airbnb is. God damn, they're so annoying. <laughs> so we start to walk away. Jack, Jack and, and, we're, and he's, he's booking it. For those who don't know, Jack literally walks a million miles an hour. So the rest of us, <laughs> we just stop. We're like, okay, Jack's going to do his thing. And remind you, we're stoned. So we're not exactly making rational decisions here. Hey, so he just goes, Uncle George, Evan, if you're listening to this, you hear that? Reno says I walk a million mile, miles an hour <laughs> on record. <laughs> Go it's, going literally, it's literally comical. But so we uh, so you're gone and we go, all right, Jack will be fine. Like, I'm not worried about Jack. So we go to get beers. And then I and then it occurred to me. <laughs> Jack's phone was on five percent. <laughs> And earlier in the day, he had called me and he said, dude, he goes, dude, he's like, I'm so not stressed. My phone's at 8%, but I'm in a city with all my buddies. And dude, what's the worst going to happen? And I was like, yeah, what's the worst going to happen? You ask directions to find, find the, this hotel we're going to. And we're like, yeah, for sure. Okay, yeah, we're on we're the same the page worst. that this, this phone thing is not an issue. We're both like, the phone thing, not an issue. We were both in total agreement about that. Total, total agreement. Yeah. And we found out what the worst that could happen was. Jack it was, wasn't that bad. It, it turned fun. out that it was not that bad. Fun. It ended up being fun. But literally what happened is 
Jack is gone. And then we all go to a beer, we're drinking. We're, we're all going to get a beer. We're just drinking. And it occurred to me, I go, oh, shit. Jack's phone is dead. So he can't even, first of all, he can't even find where this key thing is going to be. Second of all, have, we have no way to communicate to him that we've gone around the corner to a pub. Like, you're going to come back to the corner that we left you at, and we're not going to be there, and there's no way for you to find us. Like you, like, and so then our buddy Glenn, who he's in uh, the Marines, and so he's, oh, okay, this is a responsible guy. He's, he's obviously not getting stoned at all um, because he's a very responsible human being. And he, he goes, he's like, I'm going to go find Jack. And Dude, I go, also, okay, that I just happen. felt way too slave with Glenn around. He kept saying, I don't want to be responsible for you guys, but I was definitely like, yeah, but – if you keep responsible for me, I know you will be. So, yeah, dude. Well, he's just he's just he's just so solid. He's obviously, such like, he's, a good dude. Such a he's such a good dude. And here's the thing: he says he's not going to be responsible, but given a situation where he needs to, like, someone needs to take responsibility, he will step up immediately and do a great job. So it's like I know, Glenn. I know you don't want the responsibility, but I know that you're going to take it. So, <laughs> so you're going to be in that situation. But anyway, I get a call from Jack later. And I'm just like, how the fuck is he even calling me? Come to find out, he got the key, like panicked some other dude in the building because he didn't have his mask. And then the dude just totally took care of him, took him to a restaurant, gave him a charger, gave him a beer. And I'm just talking to Jack and he goes, yeah, I'll see you in about 10 minutes. Just finishing a beer, got the keys and my phone's charging. I go, I just can't. This situation is so out of the realm of predictable that even when I thought things were fine, like, okay, his, his, his phone is charging. He has the key. We're getting a beer literally next to, to the Airbnb. I literally thought, I was like, I have all the signs to think our problems are completely solved tonight. <laughs> but somehow I knew given the ridiculousness of the situation, this could not possibly be the end of it. And it wasn't because the keys we got, first of all, went to the wrong fucking building. But somehow the fob worked. Like that was we the beeped into the Why building. Why did the fob get us into the wrong building? It got us all the way to the top. It got us to the floor. And yeah, the eighth floor, because our room is 820. <laughs> mm-hmm. They go, eight, eight, like the people go, 820, 820. Dude, all of our buddies are with us. We're literally going up. And we go, oh, thank God, we're almost there. Doors open. We walk into the lobby of the eighth floor. And we see the signs. And they say, eight, 800 to 810 this way, 810 to 817 that way. There's no room 820 in this building. <laughs> There's no 820. I go, go, no fucking way. No way is this real, right? Or is it real life? Because at this point, I don't know what we've done wrong. Also, we I want to point out, I'm taking charge of the situation. And at some point, but deservedly so, like from their perspective, from your guys' perspective, tried to also take charge. And then we're just like immediately as confused as I was by this. Well, because what I, here? Because here's my perspective: was I was like, okay, Jack's been in charge of these things, and things are just a complete mess, and I want to go to bed. No, no, I don't it's like you. midnight. I would have been pissed at me too. Midnight. I mean, I just was and like, then I was like, I was sitting there. I'm like, I feel like there's so many things that I could not have predicted in this scenario, but there's no to me if from their perspective, I'm just fucking up real bad. So I'm just gonna <laughs> whatever I thought. Is, and if anyone wants to try to help, I'm just going to hand it to them because then they're going to see, oh, yeah, okay, maybe this is kind of fucked up and Jackson fucked up. So I was glad that just hand it over. Like, all right, fine. See how fucked up this is because you don't believe me? Yeah. Check it out. Dude, here's all not. it took Hope for me not. to realize. Hopefully I'm just being dumb because this is, then this is over. Right. 
here's all it took for me to realize that this is just a crazy situation is I looked at the phone number on the Airbnb confirmation. We were literally at the right address on the confirmation. And I'm literally thinking, how isn't this working? And so I called the number and I got hold music. <laughs> I go, this is fucked up. The guy answers and I go, Hey, and I just, I was like, I'm like, Hey, I'm with Jack Ernest. And he literally goes, that's what he did. The other guy was, he was exasperated, but I was like, but it was obviously his fucking fault because the situation is ridiculous. <laughs> but I was like, Hey, I'm with Jack Ernest. And I, and I really want to get to the 820. We're in this building. We're in the address that you sent us to. There's no 820. And he goes, Oh, well, oh, 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 oh. And he said this like I'm a fucking idiot. He goes, oh, you are across the street at our other building. You are supposed to be in the Continental. <laughs> I was like. So why didn't you give me the address for the Continental? So why didn't you give me the address for the Continental? And why didn't, how come the words Continental are no, are nowhere? There, it was in this. somewhere, but like, we just did like, but then we just had an address in the Continental. We don't know what fucking building the Continental is. And I didn't know that was the name of the building. I just put in the address and went to that address. And I thought it was a pretty good sign when the fob unlocked the security gate for us. That was the <laughs> weirdest part. It's like, why are we just like able to get everywhere in Dallas with this fucking key card? And then like later in the trip, I was like, when we couldn't get in, like the shit was locked and be like, you got that fob? Who's got that yeah. fob? The magical fob that's like the key to the city. It's just the key to the city, apparently. <laughs> Well, anyway, we end up getting to this Continental. We quickly find out this is like – my, here's my guess. I don't know this for certain, it, but it looked like low-income housing, and someone was renting out their Airbnb to an Airbnb company to make a buck. Okay, we got in there. I also want to clarify. We came to that conclusion after a lot of deliberation because the first thing I thought is this is where girls get kidnapped when they go on vacation and book an Airbnb. And I thought to myself – my second thought was, Thank God I'm not a hot girl and my body's not going to sell for that much. And no, and it's probably not worth the hassle to kidnap me. Thank fucking uh, God. Because if I yeah, it'd be over. Yeah. If I was a hot girl, it would have been over. I mean, it really wouldn't have because I think we figured out the real scenario was, which is the low-income housing thing. But damn, mm-hmm. I thought it was a fucking sex trafficking place when we first walked it, in. Do, okay, it looked like it because we got to the room. There was one – everything. okay, first of all, we get to the room. Everything in there looks like it was free. Like – there was there was there was no TV. There was a lamp haphazardly placed. In, where the in, TV like, should have gone, like there's a couch where the TV facing where the TV should go, and then there's just like a lamp with the cord loose, plugged in, where the TV should go. It was like what the what the actual what the fuck <laughs> what is happening? I, think I asked that a million times. What the fuck is going on? How does this place exist in the universe? What like all this stuff is deliberate. So how did somebody just is so like. How did this deliberately get here? There's just no way somebody consciously put this couch, this ugly-ass carpet, and the worst desk I've ever seen all arranged around this lamp. Who decided this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> who decided this? Like, A human being guy? had to have at least sign off on this. He owns an apartment like, somehow? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did you get this apartment? Dude, the whole place is a mess. And then um, we – it was – I was uh, – we went to bed and we stayed in the same room because Jack was, you were really like, dude, this does not seem like a situation that we're safe in and we should probably be in the same room. Because first of all, the door hand, like the doorknob, there was no knob. 
Or there was no um, latch. The only thing that made sure the door stayed, if the deadbolt was not closed, the door was a restaurant push door. Yeah, exactly. So we get there. There's dirt just all over the walls, just skid marks on everything. There's really no, nothing in here to suggest that anyone could even live in this unit. Nope. (laughs) Like, nothing would suggest this is actually a livable space for a human. If if, if there is a human being with a modicum of sense who stayed there for longer than 12 hours, because that was the maximum duration we were there, it would have looked better than that. Because I know if I had stayed there the whole time, I would have been like, Reno, we need to spend four hours making this place not how it is. Yeah. Like, there's, I, I, when we live here, I mean, I was out that night. I was like, we're getting a hotel tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's like 1130. I'm like, we're going to another hotel. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 okay. Here's the last bit I got to say before my second point. There was no smoke detector. Yeah. They pulled it out there, of the ceiling. Where the, the smoke ceiling. detectors were, there's just wires hanging from the ceiling. It's like, bare wires. This is not, this is not, this is, illegal. <laughs> this is illegal. This is against the law. You cannot host people. And have this is against the law. No one should pay for this. Also, we did meet it. We met the owner of the building, and he literally said, "Oh yeah, we get Airbnbers here all the time, and it's illegal." Yeah. <laughs> and I go and I and I was thinking, dude, don't worry about it being illegal. No one is ever going to stay here again. <laughs> the detractor for someone staying here, if they know the truth, is not the fact that it's illegal, but the fact that it is appalling conditions. <laughs> And we woke up multiple times. We went to bed and multiple times, like I probably slept, I probably slept, like I tended to sleep there for like four hours. And I felt like every 30 minutes or every hour, I would wake up like in full alert defensive mode. I would just like, like my whole torso fully upright in the bo- and, and look around like, what the fuck's going on? And Jack would just do the same thing. Look around. She goes, we good? I'm like, yeah, we're good. And we both just lay back down. I just did that multiple times throughout the night. Also, what about the part where we're in there for three hours? We don't hear a peep from any of the neighbors, no steps, no nothing. And then we go to bed <laughs> and at like 1 a.m., all of a sudden we hear a toilet flush for the first time. And then it mm-hmm. flushed like every 10 minutes for the next yeah. four hours. What <laughs> yeah. is going on? Like the guy's not like what? standing there with the timer. Like I'm sure he's moving around, like flushing the toilet. But why does he keep going back to the toilet to flush it? Yeah, what, what, ghost, what mean, ghost got diarrhea? Those mysteries like, exist with all upstairs neighbors. <laughs> yeah, that was the weirdest part. We heard nothing. Yeah. Like, it was weirdly silent. At, at midnight, we were in the hall, all five of us idiots, just yelling, essentially. Just, like, just being loud. Just being drunk, loud a-holes. Not a single person said anything. And if I was living there, at midnight, I would have opened my door and been like, Hey guys, um, I'm not sure you're visiting or something, but we're all trying to get some sleep. So can I help you to your room? There's like, like any rational person would have just said, Hey guys, you're screaming. I don't want to hear you screaming. Can I please help you get to your room? Uh, so I thought that too, but so at my other apartment I was living at, um, my neighbors chose not to, or like my upstairs neighbor who I kind of like kind of know it was. Cause I think everyone else would have told me that I was being allowed. Just like told our landlord that I was annoying. And I got an email from the landlord. I'm like, really? Like, Really? Because really? like now I feel like we're on bad terms. If you just come over and told me to be quiet, I would have said, I'm so sorry. Here's my number. If this ever right. happens again, text me and I will immediately be quieter. Right. No issues. We're living in the same house together. I want to do, I want to like be accommodating, but I have no way of knowing 
I, I talked to all, I talked to, I knew all my neighbors had my number. Like, I didn't like, I, the only one I didn't have was the one above me. Cause I also just didn't even know. I mean, it was like, it, it was not a, like an apartment unit. It was like a house and I actually wasn't even sure how to get into the one above me. <laughs> like, so, mm-hmm. um, so I, yeah, I just never had met them and I knew all my other neighbors, but like, it's like, okay, like really just, if you could come down, knock on the door, tell me I'm, I'm just a very reasonable person. And I understand mm-hmm. that we both, are living our lives and we have to accommodate each other okay so i'm mm-hmm. fine being quiet and we would never have right and it's like i'm getting an email from my landlord really really yeah like come on dude come and like just talk to me yeah well you know what's funny it's like that's what it feels it felt like when people do that it feels like i'm being told on like i'm a kid again yeah it's like so that's that's really most, you're tattling what? on me instead of like coming to me first. yeah right you're allowed to tattle after you try to address the problem if you try to address the problem right. and the person's not being accommodating, but it's like clearly they're in the wrong, then you can bring somebody else in that has a little more power and force. Right. But you got to at least try. Yeah. You got to at least talk to the person and at the, you don't have to like try and like be persuasive or forceful or anything. Just say, just go up there and be like, hey, you're being really loud. I'm trying to sleep. Would you mind um, if it was quieter? Would you mind being a little bit quieter? Yeah. That, that's it. That's the only requirement. <laughs> Because there's no, yeah, there's there's no a, reason to like try to uh, – because it makes me look like a shitty tenant, right? Because you're emailing the landlord, which I was not a shitty mm-hmm. tenant. I was a good tenant. And uh, mm-hmm. and my landlord knew that. She's actually – we actually got along very well, um, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But it's like I would not do that to somebody else. It's like that mm-hmm. – I'm not only affecting the dimension – the party. they're not only affecting the party dimension of my life. They're affecting the how, my relationship with the landlord dimension of my life. And that's like – that's mm-hmm. not okay. Okay? You just yeah. can't go in. That's – I just am really bothered that you are hurting that when it's unwarranted and undeserved. <laughs> right. Right. So zooming, so, so zooming back to this, to, to this uh, situation we're in. Um, so, so we go, we go through that whole debacle and the next morning, <laughs> so we get up, I have to go work for a little bit. Cause it was, uh, it was like the 31st. Oh, dude, I don't so know I'd... how you fucking did. I was like, I didn't sleep all night. I was tired of shit. I slept until 1130 and functioned through the day, probably worse than you. And your ass is out of bed at 7 a.m. Out down at Starbucks, busting your ass for four and a half hours. And I was like, I just kept thinking every time I woke up, I was like, I don't feel guilty because I have no responsibilities to attend to. (laughs) Motherfucking Reno is a goddamn champ right now. That guy, (laughs) he's going places because... If I had those responsibilities, I don't know if I would be able to fill them in this hour. Although at the same time, yeah. I would also make sure I had no responsibilities to fill up that hour because I know myself. Right. This, I mean, this was part of the plan. Yeah. yeah this, yeah, this was part of the plan that I was going to do this. Well, it wasn't, and what was part of the plan was we were going to be in a nice place with Wi-Fi, and I could just gently wake up after a nice night's sleep and work. By the way, this place didn't have Wi-Fi, which honestly is the least shocking part of the entire apartment. <laughs> like. Once I saw no smoke detector and dirt on the walls, I was pretty quick to assume there's no Wi-Fi here. <laughs> That's my favorite part when you go, after we've done all this shitty stuff and all this, you walk into the bathroom and go, whoa, Jack, you have to check this out. This is the coolest bathroom. I'm like, Reno, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> and it was like, there was just, it was just a closet and then the bathroom. And I was like, dude, this is like, it's a big closet, like. Yeah. Oh no, that was a, yeah, it was a big old dude. The bathrooms were weirdly large. Although I will admit, large. the the closet and then the bathroom, I've seen that set up before when I'm like looking for apartments, and then like that was the first time I'd actually like walk 
into an apartment that had like, well, actually, I've seen that before, the closet and the bathroom set up. It is, that is how I want my future house set up is my master bedroom, then a big closet, and then through the closet mm-hmm. is the bathroom. I really liked that setup. It just yeah. felt right because you get out of the bathroom and what do you first, what do you need to do next? You need to get dressed. And where's the first place to yeah. walk after that? It's the closet where all of your clothes mm-hmm. are beautifully presented in front of you on all sides of you. And you can mm-hmm. just like look around and get the perfect fit for the day. That's a good point. I never really thought about that setup, but um, yeah, so maybe that apartment wasn't as bad. <laughs> no, it just had like, you know, whoever built the place just, yeah. What, which actually it felt like somebody built it like, pretty well like the structure and how the actual apartment like the layout of it was great it just looked like Mm -hmm. nobody had bothered to maintain any part of it for the last 10 years yeah exactly and uh so so anyway i was so i was out there so i was doing the work and then we came back and uh so we're leaving we packed everything up and then we decided to go to another hotel we're going to go to the hotel that the the new year's eve party was at and we'll go see our buddies um, who were staying in the hotel so we pack up, and this is my favorite part, <laughs> dude, because, um, like, so you call up the Airbnb person, and I could hear the conversation, and you're explaining why you do not want to be in this Airbnb, <laughs> and you just called her up, and you're very nice about it, and I was like, I wonder if he's just going to rip into her, but you never really rip well, into her. Well, it was, it was not this lady's fault. It was clearly, it was, it was, it not was through a company, no. and they're like, I mean, I'd already called them, I talked to three ladies on the phone, I've worked, you know, I worked two years of tech support. And I know how it goes. It's just like you get an angry customer and you go like, hey, look, lady, or like whoever's talking to you, like, hey, look, none of this, like, none of this is my fault and I want to help you. And you also at tech support, when you're doing tech support, you get really, really good when people are really angry. All you do is just like validate their emotions. Like you just go like, mm-hmm. wow, I totally understand where you're coming from. My God, I mm-hmm. cannot believe you've been dealing with all this today. But my God, I mm-hmm. do have some great news for you. She are talking to the exact person to solve all of your problems. So yeah. rest easy. All of these things that have been going wrong, they're about to start going right. And if I cannot mm-hmm. solve your problems, I'm going to make sure that I can get you to someone that can. Right. Right. Boom. Then they're like, which, which I have. Thank God. But most a lot of but that's like you know that was training from Apple. It was like nine weeks of not really learning how to do phones, but how to deal with customers. I doubt mm-hmm. whoever this lady did had it. And uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't about to rip into her because she was not going <laughs> to yeah. help me if I rip into her. She would have been my enemy, not my friend. Right. So and so you're talking to her and she's like, oh, so why don't you want to stay at the Airbnb? <laughs> I was like, I can't wait to hear this. You go, well, uh, there's dirt all over the walls. There are uh, sh- like shoe prints up the wall there. There's no smoke detector with the wires showing. <laughs> the door doesn't even have a latch on it. So the only thing on there is the deadbolt. So, you know, um, we're just going to go to a hotel instead. And so uh, I just need to drop off my keys. Like, that's it. And we're good to go. Yeah. And she was like, oh, okay. And uh, I'll tell you this. The dropping off of the key thing was much easier than getting the keys in the first place. Since we actually knew where we were going. Dude, also, one of the funniest parts was, like, when we're taking these photos for the ID, like, like trying to send them our ID because they needed that for the thing. Like the online platform's not working. So I talked to the first person, they okay, just submit it through the online platform. I'm like, okay, boom, do it. I call again, get a different person on the line. I'm like, yes, I'm trying to do this. She's like, oh, have you been to the website? I'm like, yeah, I've been to the website, same ID, it's not working. And she goes, oh, do you have like the previous text? Uh, do you have the text, like the confirmation text? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, okay, just text a photo 
to that number. And I go, wait, that's your number? What the fuck? <laughs> Is that your number? Like, what? Like, how are you receiving this text? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, this is like the auto yeah. company text number. And wait, wait that was her photos. number? Like, this doesn't add up. Well, I called that yeah. number and gotten, like, we called that number three times and got, like, three different people on the line. And then, like, the third person tells me, oh, yeah, just text that number a photo. And I go, you're going to receive that? Like, that's going to go to you yeah. and not just these other people. Like, how does that work? Right. How, do, how are you going to make yeah. sure that the text I send gets to you and, like, does every text just read by every person that's at the company? I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> but I just, I was yeah. like, I, I didn't question. I said, okay, boom, texted it. And then it worked. So I'm like, all right, that's fine. Not questioning that. We're, I mean, I am whatever questioning it, it, but why did that work? <laughs> how did that work? Dude, I, I don't know. I don't know how any of that worked. The fact that this is a company that is running this like Airbnb scam the fact this is a multi multi person company is shocking. And, but you know what? It gave me some confidence as to if I ever want to start a company. <laughs> I just realized there's more. All right, there's there less are at least people that have dumber done it people. Successfully. Yeah, there are at least dumber people that are succeeding. So <laughs> it's I'll be all right. All the, yeah, and then tomorrow we're going in, and it's actually going to be even a, another win there because I'm well, hopefully another win because. And luckily, we found out it's illegal because I would not want to try to get my money back through the company that ran that, like, you know, was hosting Airbnb. But Airbnb itself, if the information we got correct and it's illegal, Airbnb is going to be liable. I'm going to say, hey, look, you're not supposed to be doing this. This was a messed up situation. I will not take any further action if you can. I, this is all I want. I want a refund for my Airbnb and mm-hmm. I want to. I want, and then I want the compensation for the two hotel nights. And then, and then the last thing I want is I, I feel I deserve a, uh, I not only want a refund, but I want a credit for the same amount that I paid. And I want you to pay for my hotel. Which would be, I think about $1,000. I want want $700 in my pocket and I want a $500 thing. And that is 100% reasonable and fair because of the hassle that five of us had to go through. I mean, okay, really, I can only say two of us because the other three, that's not their problem. They were there. We only said two people were staying there. Um, but for the two of us, the hours we spent, the stress we had during the night and all of that, to me, that's the compensation I want. And uh, if um, you can match these, because Airbnb also, because uh, our uh, uh, Mike, the other guy that was there, you know, he pointed out that he, he brought up that Airbnb had actually been through a major lawsuit for like these exact scenarios in the past. So they're going to want to make sure this is rectified because this is an this is a problem that should have already been solved by Airbnb. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, Airbnb should have been able to know, or at least verify. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they. I don't know how this even got to be the situation. But all I know is that when I got back from Starbucks, it just really just teed the whole thing off. I go to Starbucks, I walk in the front door, and there's just a fresh dog poop on the front, like welcome mat. Just inside dog poop, right, right in front of the door, and no one was doing anything about it. There were two guys there who clearly worked there. They pointed to the poop and they said, "Don't step in that." Why aren't you cleaning it? And I was "Why like, are you not cleaning it? Why up aren't you right cleaning?" Listen, one of you can stay here, make sure nobody steps in it. The other person just go get some, just go to the bathroom, get some toilet paper, clean this up, and then move the mat away, wash it. What's 
why are, like what is your job if you're not here to like clean that thing because you're not doing anything else. also i don't know if you noticed but they're like they they're like just finishing up cleaning it 30 minutes later when we came downstairs and i've uh-huh. never seen somebody clean up dog poop worse than that i mean there was just like they like smeared it everywhere it was like they it was like hmm it's, maybe yeah. if the dog poop is spread over more area people won't notice it because it's flat instead of like in a pile yeah right it's shocking. And, and as we left, just to really put the final cap on it, I looked at a Google review of the building. Not through and... Airbnb. I want to be clear because I did read some Airbnb reviews. There was only a few, but it wasn't rated that bad. I don't know who went there and rated that right. bad, but they are. Well, it was – no, dude, it didn't really rated bad. Didn't you say it was rated four yeah, stars? Yeah, so I looked at that. But so we looked at uh, a review from uh, somebody that had leased at this apartment. Right. Yes. And I looked on there. And it basically ripped into the whole staff. They said the elevator that wasn't working had not been working for five years. And they said, if you decide to move here, come pack with plenty of patience and a loaded gun by your bedside to defend yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, yeah, this is just, this is really all I needed to see. I also <laughs> want to take I... some credit because you guys were like, well, we can just like deal with it. I'm like, Reno, we're not fucking poor, dude. Like, <laughs> like we're not poor and then i'm like and then i talked about this with evan and i and i was like rethinking because you, know, you kept bringing up you're like jack you know i've like lived in worse places than this i'm like yeah reno i know the situation you grew up in it was really shitty but guess what reno you're not fucking poor anymore you don't have to live that way anymore just because you did it before well, and you like survived and it was okay yeah. you have money now and you can just live better you don't have to do it just because you did it once like it's just better like we're not poor yeah well what i was trying what i'm trying to communicate with that is the reason i wasn't freaking out and i was even accepting the idea of possibly staying there was because my standards have been know, set like so way well. too normal. Like, this doesn't feel like that abnormal and i go reno your view of normal is you need to shift it you need to change it you yeah. need to change what your view of normal is because it's going to make your life yeah. just a lot easier Which, and better i do want to point this out because my mom brings this up all the time i do roast my childhood and where i stayed and like how's i stayed in and I and two comic, I, I I really puff it up to, to for the comedy of it. The the situation that was that I was like when I was hanging with my mom, the the houses that I slept in, it was fine, very very fine place. The worst situation I've ever been in, and where I my standards got set so low, <laughs> was staying with my dad in his current house because he literally cleans nothing, and the and he only lives in half the house, and the other half is just is just where all the mice live. Those are his tenants. And when I went to visit him, he goes, your bed is in there. The bed had a hole in it. The dog chewed and there were mice skittering everywhere. And he said, yep, this is your room. Yeah. And I want, and that actually brings another point. Cause I want to say something else. Like the, I mean, the situation you grew up, like how you grew up in, like, it's not like, 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 like people are poor and a lot of time or like people you're living in that situation. A lot of times it's like, it's not your fault. Like there's a lot of circumstances that are outside your control. Some of them within, but it's like, mm-hmm. you know, what your parents, actually both of your parents did is they wanted to make sure that you had everything you needed. And they did a, with everything they had, they did a remarkable job um, supporting you, especially your mom. The more I learn about your mom and things she's saying, I'm like, wow, this woman is very, very rational about the world and she's done an amazing job. And then I hear about how she grew up too. And I'm like, the fact that your mom is living where she is, 
is just as much of a miracle in my mind of you making it to where you are. And to me, that is the, the generational increase of one person, your mom, growing up in a shitty situation, saying, I want to make my life better, having a kid. And, then, and, so, and she successfully does it, right? Like how she is living now is so much better than how she grew up. And she says, I want my son to live even better than that. And then, and then now you mm-hmm. do. And so that, mm-hmm. I'm not, there's no ripping on your mom or your dad or anything else like that. Uh, but the fact is, you're now in a situation, you don't have to live that way. And it's like, thank God. Like, like yeah. just because no, they are there doesn't mean you have to be there. It's actually better. Like, none of us have to be there. And the goal yeah. is to get nobody there. But like, it doesn't help right. if I live there with them. Like, that doesn't help them get out if I'm like, yeah. if I also live shitty. Right, right. No, dude, the, uh, the, the slingshot, the generational slingshot, I, and I do, th- I've been thinking about this more and more, the generational slingshot that my parents gave me was insane. Because it wasn't, the things that they gave me, it wasn't like money and not necessarily, like, it wasn't, it wasn't a bunch of money or connections or something. It was just the mentalities they gave me, what they taught me. And then my mom really helped me get like a ton of funding for college so that when I left, because we didn't have any money to pay for it. Like no money came from my family for, for going to Oregon State or living there or anything. Um, all of it came from scholarships, grants, and loans. And she did such a good job that by the time that I got out, I had 18 grand in student loans, which it was just absolutely worth it in every way possible for the experience and the degree. But no, she did, it was it did it awesome. But yes, dude, I thought there's no reason to stay I in that place. It was so funny when you're telling me like uh, how uh, fucking you're when you joined that we were about to join the fraternity and you're like you come back to your mom she's like oh what'd you think of the fraternity and she, you're like well it was good but it was kind of like really dirty and then like I also know you at the beginning of college and how messy you are <laughs> like your mom's like yeah yeah uh, Reno if that's your complaint you you need to join if that's your only thing that you have wrong with it. You, you gotta join <laughs> yeah and also you realize you're not gonna go there and solve the cleanliness problem she probably didn't say that but she's probably thinking that in the back of her mind right right dude no i, I literally <laughs> i don't know i literally said that because i go i go oh my god mom i just had like the best day of my life you guys are so cool i really i really like the values they have i like a lot of things they were saying about you know uh, you know about the, the the grade requirements and how they you know help each other with grades too so it's not just all about partying or something because dude i literally came to college thinking i was never going to party or drink for the rest of my life like i literally i was literally such a freaking boner <laughs> and so um but then and i said i was like yeah but it's kind of messy uh because everything isn't just industrial it's just everything looks industrial so nothing like looks fancy or anything because it's a fraternity full of dudes like we're just gonna break shit if it's not industrial strength and then i told her i go yeah, they kind of left soda cans everywhere. And that was kind of, you know, messy. <laughs> She's like, just looks at me knowing that I leave soda cans fucking everywhere and just have like a weekly, weekly, I just come up with seven bowls and spoons. Yeah. And whenever we run out of bowls from my room and she just, she goes, Reno, that's, if that, if the soda can thing is the only reason, is that's the only negative about this whole weekend, I, you really need to join this thing. <laughs> like, you, you need to do this. But um anyway so yeah that's uh they really set me up well there and um but yeah we went through went through the apartment dude we got to the hotel and that was just like our our trip to dallas 
became instantly a thousand times yeah better. of course it did just well, having a real hotel <laughs> and we were in a nice yep. hotel <laughs> the other funny thing i thought i was telling this i got a kick out of this is after we go to the hotel where the event is at we're like we'll just stay at the event because that's what we should have done originally it was just more expensive mm-hmm. more money than we wanted to spend but because it was like four or five hundred dollars extra to stay at the hotel at the hotel where the event was in this airbnb and then like now mm-hmm. i was like ah, eh, you know it sounds really good to stay at the where the event is, but not like five hundred dollars good. I now know mm-hmm. it's five hundred dollars good. And next year when we do New Year, New, yeah. New City, I am uh, biting the bullet on that. I'm, it's not even biting the bullet. It's just like yeah, we're, I'm staying at the hotel. Does it's worth. Matter. It's just it's worth, worth the, the money. Card. It's worth it's the worth money. The extra four hundred dollars for the weekend to be at the hotel. It's just gonna make the experience experience so much better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we get to the hotel and we go check in. We go, like, there's no rooms available, so we have to go find a new hotel. And we're like looking at hotels, and I'm like, okay, here's a Love Meridian. I've stayed here before, I know it. it's 250 a night. And you're like, hold on, here's a hotel for 115. I go, Reno, we're done looking <laughs> for deals, we're done looking for deals. This is a place I have stayed at, like, not this, it's a chain, it's Love Meridian. I stayed at one in San Francisco, it was an outstanding experience. Yeah. And uh, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna go to this one, okay? It's close by, it's a little bit extra, dude. I'm not okay, 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 but. To, to my credit, until we looked closer, it it was like a legit ho, it was like a hotel chain, like had a legit hotel chain name. But then when we looked at it, it turned out to be like another apartment room thing. Like it was, I can't remember what it was, but it was basically it was like long term hotel stays or something, which is why it was so cheap. Oh, the one but, you were looking at, the one we said say that was great. The one, the one I was you look- were looking at. The one, yeah, the one I was looking at, it was, it had, it had like, I just remember it had a legit name. It was like 96 bucks. And I was like, oh, and it was, it was, it was just as close as this Law Meridian thing. And I was like, I was like, oh, this worked out great. But then the funny part was we looked into it and it was literally just like another apartment, apartment room. <laughs> so it was almost putting ourselves in the same exact, exact I was like, dude, we're not, we, we made this mistake out. once. I'm not taking this gamble again, especially when every like, like it's just it was worth no gamble when it's like we already lost a few hours of our trip. I'm not I don't want to lose any more of them. Yeah, right. Yeah, but we uh, we got there and it was a lot better. Trying to, like the the whole, yeah the La Meridian deal that was good. Oh, we also we got there and we booked a, like you were very clear on the phone. You said I would like to reserve. A two bedroom, two queen bedroom. I know two we queen got the one king bed. And you go, it was one king bed. It's <laughs> like I was like, this is I was like, this is ridiculous, man. You literally called them, you go, Hey, hello. Or the only hotel? reason I called yes, instead of booking online was because we were comp- like the booking said like two queen like the description of the room was two queen bed, but then we looked at the amenities and it said one king bed. And I was like, I'm just going to call right. to make sure I talk to somebody and tell them I want two queen beds, and that should solve the problem. Mm-hmm. It did not. We still right. got one king bed. Dude, and, they, and then they said, what email do you have that we can send you the confirmation to? And you go, and you're like, what, you say your email. And then, she, and then she goes, okay, sends it. And then we call them back. We go, never got it. She goes, oh, I sent it to Jeff blah 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 at, at, at gmail jeff ernest you're allowed, you're allowed like, to say my last name i think it's uh all over the podcast oh yeah jeff Ernest. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and and we're literally just sitting there going this this even this can't be real life <laughs> we explicitly said two queens send it to this email and none of that went right so we were just chilling there sleeping in the same bed and uh 
at one point, the funniest bit was that um, we're sitting there after after the party. It's a New Year's Eve party, and we're laying in bed, shirtless, <laughs> looking at each other, talking, rolling up, rolling up joints, and, and you point out, you go, you know, if someone came in right now, it would be very hard to explain that we're not gay. Lovers. I mean, and, and you know what? I thought about it too. It's like. If they thought that of me, like, I'm okay with that. I don't care if people think I'm gay. Like, I have no issue with anybody being right. gay. I have no issue with anybody thinking I'm gay. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just, I'm going to have sex with yeah. who I want. And who knows? Maybe one day I'll have an epiphany and think I like guys. And, and then I'm just going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to, like, it's like, so like, who cares? Like, I mean, like, who cares? But it, it is a really funny thought to be like, they're going to have this impression of us. And then I also thought, you know, I'm just not going to explain it. I'm okay if they think whatever they imagine the scenario and they think I'm gay. Yeah, mm-hmm. just whatever. Yeah, it's not really gonna affect my life. Well, and, yeah, right. You know, it it'll be, it, it whatever. <laughs> well, well, what we found out, which was hilarious, was Dallas is a super gay city. Like, I just, I, I, I think know, there's gay I never heard that of Dallas, but yeah, there's a lot of gay people at that New Year's party. There was a ton. Like, I told, I told you guys, I was gonna do the lasso trick. So people don't know the lasso thing. I love to do this literally all the time at dance par- floors. Is I'll I'll have a I'll swing a fans like I'll pantomime a lasso I'll throw it at someone whoever I just pick someone who's just not engaged and then I want to pull them in and so I lasso this guy it was just this kind of normal looking dude with just a, a long sleeve white shirt and I lasso him and I'm like pulling him in and 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 for those of people who don't know me I actually people like have a sneaking suspicion I'm gay all the time because I wear floral things. And, and I just act like goofball. And, and you just have no shame with your male roommates about walking around naked everywhere. And it's like, it almost seems like <laughs> Reno just wants us to see his wiener a lot. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are times in my life it would make more sense if I was gay. That's how I act. I was there like, you know, I've always thought to myself, like, like, I, I kind of now I don't. There was a period of time I thought, I wonder if Reno one day is going to come out as gay. And I was like, you know. Yeah, that would be. I wouldn't. I, I would love Reno just to say it wouldn't bug me at all. Like it just like I just like <laughs> yeah. who cares? Like I don't care. Right. That's his. That's his thing. Dude. And and uh, I don't care either way. So whatever. <laughs> Which is a massive change from how society used to be not that yeah. long ago. But but not to go into that. But um, but so I, I lasso this guy, and I'm like pulling him in because I want him to come in the center of the dance floor because we had a circle thing going. So he gets to the center. And he's basically what he's doing is he's leaning back as if he's in limbo and then kind of jumping and launching his crotch forward as he's like going in, like it's a move. And I go, okay, whatever, pull him in. Well, he goes through the center and starts coming at me with his crotch. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, wrong signal here, wrong signal. And I literally just started <laughs> oh, like uh, right. sidestepping uh, away. That's not what I wanted. My favorite part? He's just he's just coming at me to grind. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. I realized I realized I just gave you totally signals, but that was I I, I messed up. <laughs> it was not what that I was. That whole party was so much fun though, because we got into the venue, we all immediately split up into five different directions, and then every time I'd go find you guys, it'd be like every you just I'd just find everybody in a fun situation. But then the other funny part was mm-hmm. I was just kind of chilling, doing my own thing, walking around, and somebody would come find me and they'd always ask where where uh glenn was who's the most responsible person in the group is just like i think i was asked by different people in our group 20 times where glenn was and i'm like you guys are asking the wrong wrong fucking question okay the question isn't where is glenn it's where the fuck is reno because reno whenever i find him he's having the most fun time i've seen 
anybody, wherever Reno is, is just kind of where the most fun is. Dude, you're on that dance floor the whole time. And just like, the the first time I walked over, I went looking for you. There was just a giant ring around the dance floor. I'm like, oh, maybe Reno's on the dance floor. And then you were the only person in the middle of the ring at the dance floor with 40 people around. I'm like, that looks good. And I thought to myself, <laughs> God, I want to be in the middle of a circle. How, where are the, how do I get in the middle of a circle? And I go, oh, wait, you just walk into the middle of the circle. <laughs> and so I just walked yep. in, started dancing. It was good. And then, oh my fucking god, this is good, dude. I saw some jack moves. I saw you were busting oh, yeah. a number out there, dude. Right I saw you. Were... I wanted to dance a little bit. I wanted to chat, dance. I got all my good times in. My favorite part though was when you tried yeah. to lasso that girl, and then she was like saying no, and you kept and you like doubled down for it. And then I saw you double down, and I was like, oh, I'm helping him. So then I jumped in, and then I started pulling the imaginary rope with you. And then the rest yep. of the crowd got behind us and started pulling the imaginary rope for this one girl. And yeah. I was like, I was like, wow. And then I said, I said, I was like, Reno, you lost the girl, but you won the crowd. Dude, that was the best thing. Cause I was lasting her and I was just thinking, I was like, I'm not going to let this not work right now. Cause that would just be such, such a just misfire moment. Like everyone would feel so lame and everyone would get super awkward at that. So I was just, I ha- I literally handed my rope to other people and you grabbed it and every so- we literally had like ten or twenty people yeah. like heaving this girl in and the people behind her literally looked at her and like, they go you have in. to go in that circle they, they literally pushed her in like she had and then no what ended option. up happening she, was she, she got in there she went into the middle of the circle which is like oh yeah whatever but it was just so funny to like yeah <laughs> oh god that was outstanding it was. It was it was great because it just because I've been thinking because we talk about kind of comedy principles a lot and I've been really thinking about this this doubling down tripling down and literally just keep putting your money down on this joke until it works out if by nothing else then people being like oh my god I How can't believe you you're still, still going for this, this joke well, the other part is because it's like when you do that when it's like you know ninety five percent of people they just do this big like. Like, you know, your, your motion was just, everyone was looking at you. The lasso was big. It was such a big grand motion. And then you do it and then you don't get the reception you want. It's like 95% of people are just immediately embarrassed that it didn't work. Right. But you're like, right, nah, dude, this is fun. And it's like, we're making, no, this, is... I, no, this isn't over. This is working. And then it did. And then the whole crowd was on, on the side and it was a whole, the whole thing transpired mm-hmm. in like 10 seconds. Right. It happened instantly. Like people just they figured it out they get they got it. Dude, no, that was that was great, man. That's um the party was cool and a, a, a lot of god, a lot of things were just I felt like I was I, well, we kind of talked about this, but a lot of things were really funny about that evening, but none of them were a joke. Like things like things that were funny. One, there was a line of 60 people in the VIP section to get drinks. And there was two bartenders. And on the general side, there was five bartenders and zero line whatsoever. I know. I was like, yeah. I think they had nicer <laughs> alcohol yeah. on the VIP. But, like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Like, it was, like, kangaroo or, don't like, give a, fuck. a nicer gin. It's like, dude, I'll fucking drink Seagram's $4 gin. It doesn't make a difference, dude. I just, like, I don't, dude, dude I, I've ever, I was like. It's a mixed I, drink, I started, too. like, paying attention to, like, oh, am I less or more hungover with cheap alcohol? I think it's a placebo, dude. I just, dude, it's like, and they're like, oh, it's mm-hmm. better. It's like, is it? Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I think it's a whole, I, my mindset, yeah. dude, is maybe everybody, it's possible that 
probably the more likely scenario is everybody else is seeing something I'm not, but I don't fucking, I'm just like, dude, I just, I just want this. I'm here to just kind of get fucked up and drink this cheap yeah. shit. And I like it good enough. And I mean, I, and I love cheap beer. I think there's I think a difference. Beer is the best beer that there is, which is like for my wallet. It's a very thing. I'm something I'm very grateful for. Like the more expensive beer gets, yeah. usually in my, to my taste buds, the worse it gets. <laughs> yeah. Really? <laughs> We well, probably not. Well, a beer not I, mean, I mean, I am. I, I'm just a Coors Light guy, which is like, which is like, <laughs> yeah, right. which is like beer. beer flavored sparkling water, basically. Yeah, or hard exactly. Beer flavored hard seltzer. Yeah, that's pretty, but pretty much. Um, so we're so we're doing that. Yeah, the 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 line the line thing was funny, and then I remember going. There's all these tables. There's just tables everywhere, and typically at those parties. And so, okay, so I, I make full pause like this all the time where I walk into areas I'm not allowed to be in because no one's there. And I'm like, well, fucking, if no one's here, I'll just walk in there until someone kicks me out. And so I literally did the table thing. And there was two people hanging at the table. So I literally sat down like, hey, guys, what's going on? And, uh, and then the woman came up and she said, oh, well, you, um, you have to pay to be at a table. And I said, well, how much is the table? She goes, oh, you have to buy a bottle for $200. I go, okay, once I have the bottle, how long can I be at this table? She goes, well, the whole night. I was like, done. If you're telling me I get to have a table and a place to sit down and a home base for the rest of the night for two hundred dollars, that's easy, easy conversation. There were five of us, so we could even split it. I never got charged, and I talked to her later. I said, "Hey, I was just talking to her, BSN, and she brought up. She's like, oh yeah, you guys didn't even get a like. We, yeah, I didn't even charge you.' I was like, I asked her why. I said, "Well, why didn't you charge me?' She goes, "You guys were just having such a good time. <laughs> you guys, you guys are just so nice." So, and having such a good time, she was like, I just wanted to keep you there. <laughs> it's like, yeah. what? Like, it's like, dude, it's, it, that goes back to the principle. It's like, what, what? It's like, it's, I mean, it's in the fucking Bible. This is a 2000 year old principle. It's like, to those who have everything, more will be given. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and if that's what it felt like. Times, that's probably what it would have charged like. us double. It's like, to those who have nothing, everything will right. be taken. <laughs> You, here, dude, you know what? I thought about this. I thought about this. I didn't you know, know we had that conversation with um, her and that it was a deliberate thing that she said, yeah, you guys were just having a lot of fun. It was deliberate. So thought, ah, I'm just making free. Like, I'm supposed to pay yeah. for the fun. The fun is supposed to be more expensive. But it's, it's less expensive right. to have fun than it is to not have fun? Like, what? Yeah. Dude, it, it literally, she said that. But here's the thing, though. I talked about, I was talking to my mom about this. And I was, and I came to this conclusion. The reason... That we got, I think the reason we kept getting a lot of free things that night, and those things are free, is that venue, all they want is for people to have a badass time. They want everyone to have so much fun there, they will come back to the venue, and they will come back to the business that, through the party. That, they want everyone to have a great time. So if they see a person who is igniting fun and like adding a ton of value to this party and making everyone else have fun – they want that person yes. and they, and they didn't know how they were going to get that person. They couldn't even pay for that kind of person. But once that person was there, they want to put you in the most optimal situation surrounded by the most amount of people, which is typically at the most expensive part of the venue. And so it was a huge lesson of like, just be, be the one that, to add the fun and you will get free stuff. Cause people want you there. So they're like, how do we keep this guy here? It's like, I there. So the more fun you have, the more fun you are. I kept like I was out on the patio and then like we'd be like I was like I was out there joined this one guy who was the other most fun guy at the group um and uh like he was he was uh 
actually he was a Super Bowl champ, defensive tackle for the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. years ago. And uh, we had made we had made buds like early, so he invites me out to go smoke a cigar. I mean, this guy was just so gregarious and entertaining. Um, and uh, so we're out there like smoking our cigar, just him and I. And then like 20 minutes later, there's like 15 people on our crew just after we had parked back there. Just we were the hub. And then people go, Oh, mm-hmm. I wonder what's going on, on the dance floor. And I'd be like, Why? You are standing in the most <laughs> fun corner of the entire party. Why would you go anywhere else? I'm mm-hmm. here and my right. man Mike's right here. Mark is right here. There's nowhere else you want to be, my man. Mm-hmm. This is the spot. <laughs> and then they're like, right. Yeah, you're this right. Is, here's the spot. I'm right. <laughs> Dude. Uh, that was and that was the best part about being the fun guy. It was like wherever you are is the fun because you're the source of it. Like and it totally changed my mentality of you know going to a party and trying to figure oh where's the fun or trying to find a party based on well where's the fun gonna be? Well, that's the wrong question. Where the am question I? Question is where are yeah. you? Yeah, where are you? And where are you gonna have the most fun? Because if you are in a position to have the most fun, everyone else is gonna have fun. Because at that party, everyone was looking for the fun. Dude, yeah, here's, here's <laughs> no this one. Is actually, this was one from my brother. I think I told you it too. But I think the, the first time I heard this thought ever was from my younger brother, who was the, like, one of the most fun person at parties. And we were kind of discussing this. And uh, he brought up, he goes, yeah, I just, like, I just, like, I just try to make wherever I am. Wherever I am, I just try to make that spot fun. And then I have, I took, I've taken it one step further in my mentality. And then I just think, whenever I'm at a party, I just think, where's my, what, the most fun spot at the party? It's wherever I am. Where do I want to be? Do I want to be on the dance mm-hmm. floor? Do I want to go to the back? And then it's like, and then sometimes I'm like mm-hmm. standing alone. I found myself standing alone. And it was like, I was having a blast because I'm just watching everybody else. And I'm just mm-hmm. like smiling on my face, looking mm-hmm. around, looking to see what situations you guys are in. And it was like, sometimes other people are at the most fun spot of the party with me. And other times it's just me. But it's just always the best time. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about this too. Is like, yeah, when you're by yourself, you don't have to be anxious because you can just kind of, if, if you're at peace with yourself and you enjoy your own thoughts yeah, and you can be by yourself and you have a smile on your face and you're just looking around smiling and guess what? If you don't find somebody, someone's going to find you. If you're sitting there with a giant smile on your face and you're just, just like, having a great freaking time, people will just going on, man. You're like, oh, hey, dude, I'm just chilling. Yeah. Just look at, and then I'll, I'll like, and then I'll bring yeah. them into whatever I'm like watching, enjoying. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm just watching these guys. It is funny as fuck. Check this out. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. Look up. Yeah. Look up. Uh, usually, I'd be wa- like watching one of you guys, but if it was you know you on the dance floor, I'm, I'm just I'm just like I'm just over there watching my buddy Reno on the dance floor and it is the most amazing thing and uh i'm a little tired from dancing so i'm chilling out here and just enjoying watching and they'd be like i'm like look at him look, yeah. at, him. look at these like fucking three girls he's like dancing with right now this is amazing and they'd be like dude that's and they'd be like yeah. dude that's so cool and i'd be like yeah it's great mm-hmm. <laughs> it's great yeah dude it was it it was great and there was it was funny how um what what instantly made no sense to me which, which it was just a very revelatory. Is that a word? Revelatory. Yeah. Yes, that is revealed that is a lot exactly to me. This party, word, actually, it was a very revelatory evening because I also realized the like the fruitlessness in faking like you're something you're not. And because I saw people who were trying to posture 
Yeah, they're like you know, like they were cool, or they had a table, and they were just they were just trying to look like they had yeah. a lot going on. Those were the least fun people. I I wanted nothing you know to do with them. You know how you I look like you have a lot going on and that you're a lot of fun? Is you go be a lot of fun and you have a lot going on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, exactly. Yeah. You, you need to be, not not seem. Which, I'm going to take a quick side note, not to deviate the conversation, just a quick side note. Um, my family crest, I've recently discovered the Sibley part of my family. The family crest is... Uh, means it's in line but it's uh it's quam videri and it means to be not to seem wow and that night it was not clearer that that is the way to live life to be not to i seem. yeah i like that a lot i like that a lot dude that was a yeah that was during that party i it, that was i i it was it was a little bit I, it was eye-opening for me too like like there's like a lot of these things that I've been building toward and kind of that party there was a lot of things that came together all at once about just like how to participate in the world and it was like wow you have so much control about your own experience for your own experience in any situation it's not even mm. funny and it's just like there there's a lot of things that are out of your control but there's so many things that are within your control it's and then like the things that are within your control are usually enough to just make it good right well dude you went to um so i mean speaking of you kind of getting some validation are you realizing that you were all things you're thinking on working out and um, you, you went to an after party and you, there were a lot of people that were just like loving what you're saying. Dude, right. I had like or something like that. Three people. Like I had, I had it made up because I was saying this to other people. Like, like just these things I uh, thought of like one was like, what was it? I, I said, he was like, you're not. Uh, it's you like, act it's on like, the universe. The universe. Well, that's act a big on one. You. Yeah, you, you're acting on the universe. It's not acting on you. It was a big one. And then the other one was like, you're a participant with reality, not an observer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and then guess what? And then and the other thing when I was like, especially the times I was standing alone, I just like look around and I'd be like, where it looks like the most fun to participate. Where can I go participate? Where there's so many mm-hmm. options. There are there's so many fun groups that I can go join right now. I'm right now I'm chilling and I could just go like participate in one of these other fun groups. And it was like, it was great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, you had, yeah, you had a guy write it down, which I think is hilarious. No, you wrote down like just three things I said out loud. I'm like, damn, dude, I must be on fire or he's on a lot of drugs. Probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Probably a, a good mix. Oh, dude, then Probably the after party, which was so funny. Because I was just I, – my whole mindset with, with that night was like I was just going with the flow, right? And so I get invited to this after party. Mm-hmm. It's like big old sweet. And it's like the ratio guys to girls is way off. But then I found out it really wasn't because like there's like there's like nine dudes there and there's like four girls and five of the dudes are gay. And I go, whoa. <laughs> I had no idea when I walked in the situation, but I just thought, you know, I'm having a good, fun time with these people. I'm just going to go up there. And then it showed up and I was like, oh, ratio's pretty good, actually. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> it didn't yeah. look good. But it Who knew? Out, like, most of these guys are gay. Yeah. So like. It, it 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 may as well be equal ratio guy to, guys to girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that's just funny, man. I had no idea. I was just having fun. I had no idea that was gonna be the situation, but everything just kind of went right mm-hmm. that night, dude. Also, walking out of the party, which yeah. our other buddy Stephen had the same experience, and neither of us knew we had this. When we both left the party, just with a magical fifth that appeared in our hands. 
I just I walked to that party. I had no <laughs> yeah. idea where this like full, like half full fifth bottle of Tito's came from. But all I know was I was the only guy leaving the party with a fifth in my hand, other than Steven, who also magically ended up with a fifth of Patron in his hand walking out of the room. It was like, mm-hmm. how did this end up here? Right. I don't know, but I'm not really going to question it. Just enjoy it. I'm not going to go try to find yeah. the owner. The... Right. Yeah, exactly. I didn't ask this. I didn't take, I didn't take it. Somebody actually you... handed it to me. And they, and then I tried, and then I was like, and then I was holding it, and I, they handed it back. He's like, oh, just pass it. And, I, and then nobody wanted it, and it was in my hand, and we left. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Dude, it made me realize that when – basically – what I noticed is we kept getting a lot of things, and even even the bartender at our hotel, we were just making jokes with him. And then he gave us free green tea shots. I showed up later that night. I shouldn't have taken a shot before bed, like I was seriously drunk enough. But I just want to do it again. Give another free one, and I realized I feel like the universe as a whole, and and it's people enacting this, but the universe as a whole is rewarding those who are adding fun. And, and Dude, you know what's mind blowing though? Because you know what's mind blowing? Like. It's like okay, so it makes sense for everybody at the party, right? Like, wh- like okay, so this all adds up. Like, we were at the party. The hotel was good. The the waitress or the mm. party was. We were having a great time at the party. The waitress who we had bought the table from, you know, she saw us having a good time, and so like, then she had it. When you got back to the hotel, that guy had no idea what night you had. That guy had no idea. Mm-hmm. But he still, but he, but you still got more free shit after. Every single person that had interacted with you before, he had no idea what night you had, nothing else, but your vibes just carry and you got a more free shit after mm-hmm. you're out of the zone that you proved yourself in. It's like, what? Right. How does that it's work true. out? Yeah. Like, there was none of the previous proof. There was no, nope. he knew nothing but the 10, senate, 10 second interaction yeah. they had. Dude, and. <laughs> Dude, okay, another thing I'm starting to believe in more, and we actually had this conversation, is aur- auras and energies around people being sensible, which for all of you that are, that are immediately jumping off this and be like, okay, this just went down the crazy train, hear me out because I guarantee you what I'm going to say is actually going to be fairly logical because that's who I am. I have an engineer's mindset. Is Because you hear about auras and energies. And oh, I can detect your aura. I feel this person's energy. And it always sounds like BS. And the people who tell you about it are usually just, they just sound like, crazy hippie you know believe in tarot cards people but that night i could really sense off of someone if they were going to be fun and if they lived a happy fun lifestyle or if they had some sort of defensiveness and anger and i didn't even really need to talk to them for very for i didn't even talk to them i could just kind of feel that from them and i realized you can give off that energy and so the proof that you were just a really fun person and they didn't want to give you stuff. It's not necessarily in the words you use or what your actions, it's kind of, a lot of it is really just the happiness or the, the energy you're putting off. Cause they can, cause you can feel it when you meet someone who's really happy and energized, you can feel that coming off of them. So I, I kind of got with the idea of auras and energies a little bit. <laughs> the other, I remember the other thing we talked about was like, which I thought, which an observation I made is, you know, we both go to school, we get a heavy science degree, and with the, with the engineering thing, like just the most practical, logical degree, and the further, the older I get, the more removed I get from college, is the more I realize, like, like, as the most science-minded person, with a pretty, with both of us, high education science, I go, you know, the more I learn, the more I'm really on board with this, like, spiritual, aura shit, like, I used to think it was the dumbest shit ever, I go, 
you know, mm-hmm. like it's not science, but it doesn't mean it's not it's true. Like, like well, I don't know, I don't have to, I, don't, mm-hmm. I couldn't like put mm-hmm. numbers to it or calculate it or what. It's just, but it's it's real. Like this is a real thing that exists, and like mm-hmm. if you're pre- pretending, mm-hmm. if you don't, if you're thinking that it's not real, then you need to, you need to go ahead and look, you need to start looking at the world differently because there's there's something you're missing, something you don't understand. Because I will tell you what, it is mm-hmm. the realest motherfucking thing alive. As somebody that's been on both sides of the equation, yeah. it's like, and maybe it's not real, and there's just like crazy placebo effect. But would that make it real anyway? Because it works, dude. Well, here's a question for you: What's the difference between medication that solves your problem and a placebo that solves your problem? There's none. <laughs> there's nothing. There's no. There's no difference. It's like it, it solved the problem. And so I and I used to get so uppity about the, everything being logical and like, well, okay, there's clearly an explanation for everything. But the amount of ludicrous things <laughs> that happened that weekend that I could not explain. And I have been educating myself on, on a variety of topics, histories, religions, just different studies. I'll read a book called Predictably Irrational, Predictably Irrational where it's all about how humans are predictably irrational. It's exactly what it is. Um, so I, so And the more I've learned, I literally am believing more and more that in in these in these in, in spiritual explanations because there's just so many things that happen irrationally that you cannot explain it like how do we get into that into that the shitty apartment situation like how did any of that come into come into being it was so ridiculous all of it was so ridiculous and so different than any airbnb experience i could have even imagined up that i, I just can't simply operate with the rational model that i have been operating with i have to introduce some of this some of this energy or universe universal and something something's different i can't rationalize everything well i mean like and then but then also the other thing i've been reflecting is like when i used to think i was rational like they're 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 recently last six months i realized uh after listening to scott adams which if you guys have not been paying attention to scott adams morning news show coffee with scott adams listen to it every day i love it uh, I know Reno, I know you check in once in a while, but Scott Adams has been an educator for me on the world. And uh, one of the things he brought up, he goes, if you think you're operating the world rationally, you need to look at it differently. And then I started like looking at the decisions I was making and how many of them were not what I knew was mm-hmm. irrationally correct. And then I just accepted like, okay, 90% mm-hmm. of my decisions are irrational. So how do I, uh, mm-hmm. how do I operate around that? And it's like, well, dude, you can just like, change your worldview on things and it's like one of the like uh one of the worldviews is like i don't care if it's true that i'm the most fun of the per- person at the party whether or not that's true doesn't matter right what matters is i think it's mm-hmm. true because then mm-hmm. i'm just having the most fun wherever i am right and so it's like yeah uh, if i was you right. if, if, if like i also expect that your view was that your spot was the most fun in the party and guess what both of those realities can mm-hmm. exist and be true at the same time in fact, it's better yeah, if they exist at the same what? time. How much fun you're having is subjective. And so wherever I am, that's where I'm having the most yeah. fun in the party. And wherever you are, that's where you're having the most fun in the party. Mm-hmm. It's like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if we're the same place, then we've just, we've just yeah. squared it's just how like much both the most fun, fun is being at. Because uh, like, it's just like... Because we can both have that reality. Mm-hmm. Man... Uh, I've just kind of realized how much perspective people always say kind of flippantly perspective is everything. 
whatever your perspective is, is kind of the only thing. <laughs> because whatever you, you know, uh, and, and, and there is a limit, I guess, you know, but kind of whatever you're experiencing, whatever your perspective is, that might as well be the reality that you're, that you're operating under. And if you, whatever perspective you have keeps predicting the future and, and keeps rewarding you with good things in your life, then it doesn't really matter how logical the perspective is. And the other, the, oh God, my other, the other, and like, but then when you look at how much fun we had at this party and then you look at the start of our trip and how many things went <laughs> badly in a row that could have just absolutely ruined mm-hmm. your mood. My mood never dropped a mm-hmm. second. It's just like, ah, never. Like, this is the situation I'm in now. Like, I guess we do the next thing, like whatever. And then like my phone's dead. I'm alone in Dallas mm-hmm. looking around. Like I'm the sketchiest spot. Like, uh, no, all of you guys are missing, and I'm like, well, <laughs> this is uh, <laughs> the situation, and then uh, five minutes later, all the problems were solved. <laughs> yep, and then we got more of them dealt with that, and uh, yeah, nothing, nothing made sense. Oh, here's another illogical thing that happened we went to the aquarium, and there were more birds <laughs> yeah, in the aquarium than there were fish. There's a lot of fish, though, too. I mean, <laughs> also, that place was fucking. Dallas Aquarium, that was sick as hell. Oh, it, oh, it was awesome. Don't get me wrong. It was amazing. It was just comical that there were more birds than fish. I know. I, know. I was like, we're in the aquarium. Like it was, it's, it's it was like, just like as much an aviary. Birds of, uh, or birds of fish. But I kind of like that. They started you up above and you like winded your way. Like You started in the mm-hmm. air and you wind your way down to the sea. Like it was like the sea and the air were both there, mm-hmm. you know? That's the way I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's probably oh, I, oh, actually, you know what? Now that you say that, I think that's exactly what they're doing. Because the last floor we were on were all the those were all the deep sea fish. On the last floor we were on, yeah. those were the deep sea fish. I, 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 it's really funny to me. It does not surprise me at all that you're that that you that that that, that didn't occur to you. <laughs> I immediately the moment well, here's nothing that didn't occur to me. I realized, and then I saw we were going down. I realized what they were doing. Oh, they're bringing us down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. It's funny how there are things I'm logical at and things I'm not. Here's another thing I totally missed. When I met the Green Bay Packers guy, he had a Super Bowl ring on, and he was friends with the other people I met at the party who were from Wisconsin. So here, and you point and you pointed this out to me after I literally met him. And, and talk to him about all these things. He was, a, he was a big guy from Wisconsin wearing a Super Bowl ring. And literally, when I met him, I was like, hey, nice to meet you, man. What, what's your name? Oh, cool. Where are you from? Oh, Wisconsin? Oh, that's awesome. That's pretty sweet. Oh, what, what kind of ring you got there? Oh, Super Bowl ring. Oh, did you play football? <laughs> like, literally, and you point out, you go, Reno, it would not be that hard well, to figure and, out and that actually, you played football for Green Bay. Super Bowl rings, so it's not that shocking. Like, like it wouldn't have surprised me if he wasn't there. But what I was merely observing was like, oh, dude, you had a great reaction opportunity that would hype that guy up. If you had gone, if you'd been like, wait a second, you, you didn't play for the Packers and win the Super Bowl, did you? There's no way. You know what I mean? Because then that guy's like, hell yeah, I fucking did. And you're like, right. dude, fuck yeah. Give me, just give me a fucking high five right now, man. That's fucking awesome. Like, I love that shit. Like, yeah. Like, who'd you, like, uh, who'd you play yeah. with? Like, who was on our team? When were you there? And it's like, boom. Because, because like, when you uh, when you make that like next step and like logically conclude somebody, people love it because it's like they they like they're like they love it. Yeah, they man, love I totally it. did. It's just it's it's uh, 
It just feels good. I mean, I like it when people do it to me too. It's outstanding. Yeah, I don't know. When they can just infer things and say something that's true, that's that's awesome. They can just guess things. It's like, ooh, it's like it's almost like you're the puzzle and they're figuring you out. It's kind of fun. Well, they're the puzzle but, and they figure them out. Yeah, really, yeah. It, it is fun that when the people figure you out kind of positively, but you're gonna do that to everybody. No, if they the if they if they said the thing about you. Out. Yeah, but if they did the same thing to you, like if you were the Green Bay Packer guy and then they figured something out about you, then yeah, you would be the puzzle. Exactly. They'd be figuring Boom. you out. Yeah. I mean Yeah. But they, uh, anyway, the, yeah, so the, the aquarium, yeah, the aquarium was dope. I like that whole thing. And then, oh, you told me the thing about the shoebill bird, which people have to dress up in order to yeah, feed this bird so as big shoebill birds. Because, or else, or else it'll think it's a human. <laughs> Dude, that was, it's, it's, it, well, then what happens is, is that, yeah, the bird thinks it's a human if it hangs out with humans too much. So it needs to hang out with other shoebill birds. But they're super endangered, I think. So it's like they they don't have like a lot of shoebill birds to raise other shoebill birds, which like you think everyone would have a mom, but oh, oh but then you're uh, uh, Mike was saying about those birds, how they're like the most metal metal birds. Yeah, and, like, the mom like has all the babies, and then like pretty much like decides whichever one is the most alpha of the group, and then once that's decided after a few weeks, she just only pays attention to the alpha one and just ignores all the rest of the birds. And uh-huh. it's like, yep. probably, like, and there's you a bird, you don't know that. Picks the strongest born. one. So probably after a couple of weeks, you realize, oh, fuck. She's only going to pick up one of, pick one of us. Like, oh, my God. Like, think about that. Like, oh, my God, I'm mm-hmm. only going to be alive if I can beat these other motherfuckers around me. Like, your brothers and sisters. You're like, nope, right. it's me, not you guys. Yep, yep. That's such a crazy, it's such a crazy bird. It's such a crazy bird. But yeah, that, that trip was enlightening. I, that really shifted a lot of mentalities in my mind. It made me realize how much I just really want to be around people who just have that fun energy. And how and what it helped too was that in any situation, so three things happen. Is one, I, I want the fun people, the, the good energies. Two, you can have fun anywhere. Like you can just be the fun. So you're always having fun because you are the source of it. And three, if you want to immediately have people love you, at least this works for, worked for me, was I would walk up, I would ask them a question, and then I would give them, um, I would give them the biggest, most energetic compliment possible, just with all of my energy, and just and just really lay it on, and then tell some sort of joke, and the joke doesn't even need to be good. And instantly, people were like, "Oh God, I just love being around that guy." It was literally just a compliment and a joke. With all of your energy. And and then here's a critical part of that thing, which you're good at, uh, is that the compliment has to be specific and true. Like, like I was like, if somebody puts together a good outfit, I'd be like, holy shit, dude. Your outfit you coordinated today, dude, you look like a fucking badass. You're walking around here like big swinging dick. Yeah. And I'm gonna be honest, I'm a little intimidated, but I think we can still be <laughs> friends. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's gotta be specific. And so you just and so that's the thing I just point out, yeah, the outfit's a perfect one. Like just walk to somebody and be like, I can tell you put a lot of effort into this and it is really working. Cause because people, especially when you go to a party like that, no one just haphazardly throws shit together to go to a New Year's Eve party. Like everyone there is busting out some of the best clothes they've worn. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Here's another good compliment part. I just thought of. 
So you walk up and somebody's got beautiful hair. You walk up to them and say, dude, have you called your parents recently and said, thank you, mom and dad, for giving me the most beautiful head of hair? Because I know tomorrow I'm about to call my parents and say, yo, what the fuck kind of hair do you give me? Because it's pretty good. But like, have you seen this guy? Like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it would just like, it be good. Matter. It be good. Just, like, it just, it's true. It's good. It's funny. And it's love. Yeah. It's love. That's the most important part. Yeah. You're showing the love. And also I, I had, I had heard this by a few um, comedians, most from Conan O'Brien, but he talks about, he's like, whatever you're lacking in like acting ability or whatever you're lacking in technical skill, make up for it with an insane amount of hustle and energy. So he goes, he's like, he goes, when I, and you, he goes, you can tell when I'm delivering a joke, that isn't even that good and doesn't really land. He goes, I just doubled down with the most enthusiasm possible. He's like, he's just, so whatever situation you're in, just put all of your energy behind it for whatever skill you're lacking. And the, the, it's so true. And the other thing is, is like, I'm kind of keep, I mean, recently I've started keeping a tally of like what percent of my jokes are landing. Right. And I'd say it's like, mm. and I am just constantly going and it's like 15 to 20% that land and like 80% that are mm-hmm. just dumb as shit. And it doesn't affect me. Like I did tell a lot of bad jokes. That's the only way I find the good jokes is by telling a lot of bad jokes mm-hmm. first. And sometimes I'll tell one that was like kind of close. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, Ooh, there was something there. And then I'll like wait for the next opportunity and just like change mm-hmm. it a little bit or change the timing or the positioning. And it's like, Oh, there it is. And, uh, yeah. uh, it's like, but that 15 to 20% that's right is it forgives all of the rest of the 80% of the joke. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, D- absolutely. It makes up for, so yeah, whatever hesitation about jokes or in- the anxiety I used to have is like, all right, well, just, just make all of them, make all the jokes because people, and you point this out, you go, dude, whenever, what was it? When, if someone came up to you and they just told you a tor- terrible joke or they were just, it was really weird. And then they walked away. When was the last time you remembered that you remembered specifically that person and then you like really thought about it i was like <laughs> also no. a good way to, a good way to use <laughs> so, the situation like if somebody comes up and tells you tells a bad joke to the group and like it gets kind of awkward and quiet one of my favorite things to do is like i go hey man i love that you're trying to tell jokes and we need to do more of them but let's uh let's go back let's uh let's take let's take 30 and let's think about the next one and we'll try again but that, i love that you're doing it let's keep it up <laughs> and then yeah. you just move yeah. on and it's like everyone's like it's like you acknowledge that it's a bad joke but also acknowledge that you love that you're trying it's like i tell so many bad jokes like i, I right. tell i've told yeah i think i've told more bad jokes than like almost everybody i know except for maybe you yeah but that's a compliment actually you know who's told more yeah. bad, bad jokes <laughs> yeah. than probably just... us and all of our friends combined is literally any comedian ever they have told yep. more bad jokes <laughs> yep. than all of our friends combined because you know why and that's why they're funny yeah it's because they have run it through the mill a thousand times and just are immune to embarrassment also all the the uh, so much of the joke like most of the joke is timing because i've seen the same joke i'll get on youtube and i'll watch the same set um by comedians at just uh, different times like not intentionally but it happens that way and I watched Dion Cole recently, and he had told what I thought was one of his funniest jokes about how everybody – he was the only black guy in the office at Conan. And so everyone always asked him all the 
all about black questions. All, about, about black guys, like the bigger dick thing or something. <laughs> and so that was his joke. And the and what do you think? I've seen all the black guys. Um, dicks and so I, I, like, I got a decent sized dick. I can't speak for all the black guys. <laughs> right. And, and so he, he had, and so he, and so when I first saw it, he nailed it, crushed it. It was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard. And I go, oh, dude, what a great joke. And then I saw a video of him um, months and months later where he was just trying out the joke and bonk. it did not just land bonk. half as well. Near bomb. It didn't quite bomb because the premise was good enough, but it was just people like kind of clapped. They didn't really laugh. They clapped. But six months later, <laughs> was, he's telling so, the same joke and he's just crafted it better. It's like you have to, it, it takes a while to craft it, to just like get this line exactly right. Yeah. So if you, ex- exactly. So what that taught me was like, if you feel like you have a good joke, like, and you feel like the material is really there, just keep, just keep telling it. Just with different people, just keep telling it because eventually you're going to find the timing and you're going to figure out what parts of it are actually the funniest. And you're going to kind of cut the fat until it's like just a solid joke, like a good story. You have to tell a story a lot over and over again until you've got it. One of my favorite things to do is when I tell a bad joke, I keep trying to recraft it to the same audience. Like if I'm like, we're we're, I'm with you guys, Mm -hmm. Uh, like, (laughs) for example, uh, 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 yeah, so if I'm keep trying to craft the same joke, so yeah, we'll go with the uh, uh, astrology example. You know, like how how does it go? I can't even remember uh, how it goes now. What's the things that you're talking about astrology? <laughs> okay, so you say like, yeah, I'm waiting on my cancer. Di- I was waiting on my cancer diagnosis, but uh, <laughs> exactly. thankfully I'm it's a like, Virgo. Great. And I could I've been trying to figure out. I couldn't remember what the joke was, and I've been tr- trying to do it for months. And I was, and I was doing with you guys. And I've been trying this joke for months because I know there's the cancer in there and there's the astrology and all this things there, no deliver. And I'd be like, well, <laughs> I'd be like, well, I'm a Virgo, but I have cancer. No, that's, that's not right. <laughs> that's not, that's which, not it. Which is like, just not so it. comically it's, fucked up. It's not funny. That's like depressing. <laughs> yeah. <and> sad. <laughs> I'm like, how do I do this? You know what's so funny, Jack, is you, to go to the aquarium, dude, you, and I was like, well, you know, I was about to go to the Aquarius, but now I have cancer. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> there and it I was original and creative in there. And I'm Dude, like, oh, it was... I've tried 100 times to make a joke around the ca- cancer and the rest of the astrology groups. And I finally landed yeah. one. And I am so happy that I made it work. I knew I could. Not even... But what's great is because people <laughs> were getting so tired of me telling them. Every time I would tell a bad one, they would laugh because they knew what I was trying to do. And then they're like, kind of, people are like, they kind of, they kind of like, Jack, you got to mm-hmm. stop telling those. But then like, you know, they really kind of like it. They're like, all right, this is fun. Every, like, I can't believe you're yeah. still doing this, dude. I cannot yeah. believe you're still doing this after how many times it hasn't worked. And I'm like, but I know it can. And then it finally did. And I'm like, <laughs> it's going to oh, work eventually. I, I'd go to the Aquarius, but I have cancer. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, uh, you know what? We the comedians say it all the time, and and Norm Macdonald does this to the most massive effect. Is just just keep doubling down, just keep going, just keep going and going into a joke. Keep saying it, and just keep doubling down. And if it's not working, just keep going. I I don't know why, but it just works. You just find your. It's like you're drilling through the center of the earth. You just keep going, and eventually you find the other side, and then it works. <laughs> Dude, it just, I don't. 
and really it is just as long as if if you do something embarrassing you just have to be able to laugh at it and then just keep rolling like you just don't take it personally you just yep. remember well because they're gonna forget that and you're trying i always remember that look dude i mm-hmm. suck at this shit dude i'm so bad at life like i Dude, I can't even fucking keep my room clean for two days, even though it's like literally on all of my priority list. Number one, keep my room clean. It's like the most basic thing, and I've been trying it for two years, and I still can't fucking figure it out. Like, it's like, it's so. <laughs> every time I write it, like, what's yeah. the most important thing in my life? Number one, clean room. And it's, I can't do it. I just can't do it. And I know I'm getting better at it, and I don't like, <laughs> hate myself for it because I can tell I'm getting mm-hmm. better at it. But dude, I'm shit at this thing. And so, like, if I try to take myself too seriously, I, I just my life would be miserable because I fuck it all up all the time. So it's like, you know what? Actually, maybe the fuck ups are just kind of yeah. done, and we're gonna get better, right. and I'll start fucking up less. And guess what? It's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And and no one cares if if you don't act embarrassed. No one's gonna be embarrassed for you. Like, if anything, they'll just tease you. And as long as you realize that when people tease you, they they're just trying to make a joke. Like, no one's trying to hurt you. And if they're trying to hurt you, just, like, fuck that person. There's so many great people. If someone's trying to hurt you... And here's the other thing, too, is I have told jokes like lit- so bad or hurt somebody's feeling that, like, there was no redemption. And then I just immediately think, this is going to be so funny. I think of, like, one person that'll be funny to tell this awkward moment to. Usually it's my cousin Evan. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. like, this is going to be so funny in the future mm-hmm. that I'm still in a good mood. Like, this situation's fucked, but it is going to be yeah. really fucking fun later to tell Evan how what i said mm-hmm. and how badly this went and it's going to be hysterical and then i think of that future yeah. moment where this moment's funny and now it's fun now as well as later right right <laughs> dude it's like the, it's like uh well, this whole debacle in dallas when we we're trying to find the apartment the airbnb the whole time that was happening i just was laughing because i was just thinking we're gonna describe this for the rest of our lives we just got a solid story for the rest of our lives. And I kept thinking, I was just, all these comedians have these interesting stories and I go, man, how can you live such a life to where you have such a crazy thing happen to you? We found out, we found out this weekend. You just go participate in the world and fun things happen. Just just participate and try and save money. Apparently when you try and save money, silly, silly shit happens. So. I know, and I'm like, I do. I'm, I just, I'm like, it's yeah. where it's not. See, but then, like, if if you do it like eight times, it's not funny anymore. <laughs> you do it once, you fuck it up, you figure out what you fucked up, right? You fix yeah. it, you have the funny story, and you never yeah. have to experience that situation again. It's win-win. It's not fun right. for the second time you do it. You're exactly. like, okay, this exactly. is funny. Like, you tell the exact same joke twice in a row. Although sometimes the exact same, like, like uh, I've got some uncles on my dad's side and my dad too, for that matter. Um, who would like they had it they have like five they've got like eight can jokes and every time i'm with them i just want to hear mm-hmm. the same eight can jokes and they're funny every time <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i guess that's pretty true if you if you got it dialed then it, you know like people when people say like oh tell the story yeah. again tell the story again because it's just so good it's like see it's like watching the same I also great movie from watching some family members and people that are good storytellers is anytime someone requests a story Give it to them. Anytime someone requests a story and really wants to hear it, then you are then the then everyone the entire yeah. audience is primed for that story to land. And I'd be like, ah, I don't really feel like telling that right now. It's like, 
Right. It doesn't matter if you think the story was going to land. The other person just set it up so the story will land because everybody's excited to hear the story. This other person just right. up. So there's so much energy around the story that they're going to be like right. excited about it. You know, it's like when you walk up as a comedian mm-hmm. and nobody knows who you are, you have to like prove yourself first. But when you walk up as the most famous comedian, everyone's already primed to laugh. They're ready. They're there. Primed they to want laugh. to laugh. Ask you to tell a story. Like you- everyone's already primed to laugh and enjoy the story. So tell the story. <laughs> Right. Exactly. Exactly. Oh man. This has been a fantastic podcast. That was I think a it's about time to wrap it up. 96 minutes. Hey, happy new year, everybody. Uh, and there's one thing we didn't get to, but this has gone a little long that I want to uh, tell the next podcast. You guys can look forward to is the most interesting part of the, the Dallas trip from in my world occurred on the last day, but you're going to have to tune in next time to hear that story. Hell yeah. Ooh, a cliffhanger. Happy New Year. Happy New Year's, everybody. We're all getting after it. See you later. Best year. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the World's Best Podcast with Jack and Reno. I'm Jack. And I'm Reno. And we're two dudes in our mid-20s who don't know shit, but are doing our best to figure this life thing out. We are so glad to have you along for the ride. Let's get it fired up.